As we speak, I'm actually getting ready to travel to attend the Association for Contemporary Jewelry 25th anniversary conference titled Beyond Silver, which is running from the 1st to the 3rd of July 2022 in Exeter and online. In order to understand a little better how the association promotes contemporary jewellery, supports jewellers' development and helps develop audiences for the lively fields of contemporary craft and design, and since the association is celebrating this incredibly big birthday through a range of events and a great exhibition, I thought I'd connect with Anthony Wong, who is a director for the association Contemporary Jewellery, so, without further ado, welcome, Anthony. Hi. Hi, Sophie. How are you doing? Great, thanks. So, Anthony, to kickstart our conversation, could you share a little bit about yourself, what it is you do, and what your role is for the Association of Contemporary Jewellery? Sure, yeah. I would class myself as, um, as an artist, uh, so an umbrella title of artist, and within that, um, I make in all manner of materials, even though generally I'm classed as a jeweler. I'm a maker of objects that people call jewelry. And I think that's a nice broad term to apply to a lot of makers um, because it opens up and encompasses a lot more than jeweler. So I run my practice from Liverpool, from the Blue Coat Arts Centre. Um, I've got a fabulous studio there, I'm very lucky. I became a director Oh, I'm probably going to get the year wrong now, but it was probably about four or five years ago. I'm probably wrong. <laughs> but I came, became a director on the board. I'd originally joined in 2004. So quite a long time with the association. And from the, from the very first meeting and the very first conversation, they have been very supportive to me. And as a new maker in 2004, an emerging maker, that was a real boost and I got into one of the main um, exhibitions at that time in Bristol Museum and Galleries. So that was a real um, step up for me in that I came from a traditional goldsmithing background where I'd been doing fine art and then took a six year apprenticeship. So it was a entrance into a world that I'd been looking for, but actually didn't know existed. That's how I came about the association. And when I dove into it, I realised very quickly that it was a group of friendly people who'd started the association up, knew that there was a need um, to connect jewellers and makers. And that's how it had come about. So uh, Norman Cherry was one of the founding members. Um, and Terry Hunt has been integral and Tamsin Seville, who unfortunately lost early on in the year. For those listening who do not know what the Association for Contemporary Jewelry is, could you maybe share a little bit more about the association, its aims and objectives, and maybe why it's great to be a member? Yeah, we've got lots of ways of um, encouraging new makers in the way of um, discounts on our membership. We have supported eight places for this particular conference, so eight free places for students. We also have like an access programme. And also, at any point in time when anybody wants to know any information of anybody else, they can get in touch with them. So it's very friendly and open association in that way, in that it started with a group of like-minded, friendly individuals. Um, it's got to be a bigger animal than we ever thought it would be. So I think probably the main, 
the main advantage of joining the association is that it does give you a connection to other jewellers. And I think that um, crafts such as jewellery, ceramics, glass, pottery, all this kind of stuff, whatever you make or you, your art form is, it can be an isolating life. So any connections that you have or anyone that you can tap into to give you advice at any level that you find yourself um, working from is brilliant. Globally, you know, you have a better understanding of what is happening. Nationally, you do as well. Realising that, you know, you're not the only person tapping away. I know we, and and also there's, there's, um, there's an aim. So there are different levels. So there's, there are, People who have been hobbyists, maybe they've taken an interest, they're collector, they suddenly switch over and they start to make. And um, that introduction level can be encouraged to step further up and further up. And um, so it's the encouragement. It's also things like discounts with um, trade. <laughs> we get a lot of discounts. So we get discounts with a whole list. I'm not going to go through them. And um, we got a whole list of discounts from various suppliers. I think it's going to start to go into services. Also, um, connections with people who are members who, you know, work within the industry, within the education industry. So then you can be asking advice about courses and where the best way to do this is or that. Um, so I think overall, that's the, that's the support that you can get at any level. And for the very small amount that membership starts and finishes at, you know, there's lots of different levels on the uh, website, which is acj.org.uk. That is the website and that's where all the information is and all the links for everything that we're ever involved in. The other good thing is, as a member is the membership selective exhibitions because we've always managed to get some fantastic venues and this particular conference has got meanings and messages running alongside as a 60 brooch traveling exhibition that exhibition uh joe hayward i'm going to mention her has been pivotal in organizing that and securing some fantastic venues and the first one was at gravesend that opened up and it opened with a complementary engagement activity and all the time actually Joe is adding into these um, complementary activities as it goes on you know there's, there's another idea for this and, and it will obviously go forward but to be in, involved in something like that is fantastic you know that's I think that's running now for I think it's my maybe 18 months I'm, I'm not quite sure on the final date but 18 months over I think it's six venues, maybe I'll, again, there's a lot of information that is running periphery to this conference, but yeah, that's the, that's the few of the things that you can gain from. Touching upon these sort of exhibitions, which meanings and messages is the one that you're referencing and that travels around. Could you tell me a little bit more about how that then works? Did you have an open call and people submitted work and what was the the thinking behind the title so the open call was to make a brooch it could be any material any color what the brooch had to contain was a meaning or a message within that so we've had from a situation where a letter was cut up 
and has literally words in it. The, the thing about it is the brooch is really easy to place on the body. It's, it's got no gender or, or placement or it's, it's got no level to it in that way. So it's, it's, a very, it's a very lovely object to be chosen as the object. The meanings and messages is because we've, quite honestly, we've, be, we've come through COVID and underlying all that is we're looking for, this is, was my personal take on it, we're looking for a way forward and to communicate in such a way that promotes a deeper understanding of ourselves as human beings. That was my take on the meanings and messages when we came up with the um, title for it. So you were able to, at that point, take it at any level you wished. And then what happened was, as the pieces started to come in, and then the 60 were chosen, when the 60 were uh, grouped, they naturally fell into different categories and um, some were about the effect of covid somewhere about the the mental state that people had been enduring somewhere simply about a message to be passed on to somebody else you know uh, somewhere about uh, an environmental um, perspective so naturally they found themselves their own title categorized that's how the meanings of messages came. The Association for Contemporary Jewelry also publishes a great magazine titled Findings. Could you tell us a little bit more about how listeners can access the magazine, what it aims to do, and perhaps how anyone could get in touch or if you want people to get in touch with stories? And when you become a member, you get your publications sent to you or you can access it online. The purpose of that is to have a hard something tangible, a hard copy of. It's quite unusual to have a, a magazine, crafts magazine, obviously, but it, it puts down in a tangible form. Each issue has an overriding theme to it. So it might be, be laser etching, colour, forming. It might be, you know, it might be everything surrounding that. It might be CAD. It might be some more traditional aspect of form folding or something like that. So it, it's, each issue does have an overriding theme and the editor in, in role at the moment, she, she quite naturally, it's quite interesting because quite naturally the stories come to her and then she realizes that at the moment, the hot vibe is one of these topics. And though, so the overriding theme for that particular issue will be whatever, is actually coming to her because quite naturally, again, it's forming its own path. So the other thing that the competitions, there are competitions that are, um, can you, you can, they're published in there. Um, any members news is published in there. Any notices, some adverts for suppliers and things like that. So yeah, and anything else that's, that's going on is of interest. You can simply get in touch with Joe and say, "This I found this interesting. I think it's worthy of going in the publication. What do you think? And then you take it from there. With so this year, the Association for Contemporary Jewelry, its 25th anniversary sort of celebrations, is running a conference. The title of this conference is Beyond Silver, and it was inspired by the work of Marianne Unger, 
Um, are you happy to share a little bit more about the conference, what you are hoping that will happen, and how important it is for the contemporary jewelry field or the field of makers to join together and discuss and online and physically uh, together? Sure. So, I mean, I think physically, it's it's become unusual to meet. So, I think physically, it's going to be. Um, it's going to be quite exciting for people to actually see each other after all this time because there has been a hiatus in actual physical contact. So because people have already made their connections, it's really not that cliquey. <laughs> it isn't. It's quite welcoming in that way, in that, you know, people have known each other for quite a while in there, so they're re-meeting people. But it's not to say that they're not welcoming to new members. And so in that way, the physical actually holding a conference where you spend an intensive period of time, be it like one, two or three days, um, actually staying within the same area. And you will conversations of a much deeper level between individuals and groups. Um, live streaming, again, is the first time that we've done this. So I'm hoping that it will then promote people to join the association and get involved and possibly think about considering coming to maybe one of the next conferences or, you know, applying to be part of one of the exhibitions or visit one of the shows or, you know, but basically it's making those connections which end up being quite strong friendships, support systems. And what are the topics that you hope we'll be discussing at the conference? Do you have any speakers that you're really looking forward to hearing or that you've invited that you're very excited is coming? And how, if anyone is listening and they, they are in time for the conference, could anyone still join at this stage? So in reverse order, on Eventbrite, we, on the website, yeah, you can still join as um, to live stream it. So you can access it in that way. Delegate places, possibly, you can still land from the sky um, or just get in touch via the website through the inquiries email. And then somebody will pick that up and um, they will take that forward and discuss whether it's possible. Well, I mean, to be honest, the number of speakers is high. And the, the fact that it runs over, it runs over, in essence, three days because it takes in Friday evening and Saturday evening. So it's an intensive conference. The, the main um, introductory speaker, Jivan Astrak, she's going to speak. So she's pivotal. And Theo Smith is pivotal. And there's lots of things that are happening on a Saturday afternoon that are running in parallel and their access their access program, which is um, kind of like a, a chance to engage at a, at, a, at a much less formal level, in effect. I'm also speaking twice for my sins. So, yeah, I mean, I think if you went on the website, you, you'd find out that the rundown of the speakers is quite, is quite extensive. And are there any topics, Anthony, that you're really keen for us to all engage in? at this moment in time as a community? Yeah, we've got some amazing speakers. We've got a really big, long 
list of speakers and it ranges from um you know graduates who are given their paper their papers uh, an overview of their papers through a talk so we've got that broad spectrum range of speakers and um, but the, the interesting thing is like emma paragrian from from the sheffield assay office we've got here speaking who you wouldn't generally necessarily get to hear and um, what goes on behind the scenes and how they can help you in that way it's a little bit of a mystery that part of the industry unless you go and visit um, you know the assay offices and um, we've got things happening like interviews to um, work out ways through commissioning pieces so for those people who aren't in the industry things like that I think are going to be really eye-openers into exactly how much goes into that sort of process um, I'm speaking on a very personal level from a very personal perspective so even though it is an academic talk mine is from my a very personal storytelling sort of perspective so aside from these sort of things we've just highlighted is there anything else that we can look forward to with the association for contemporary jewelry is there anything in the pipeline that you're welcome to already share that we can all look forward to in the future with the association there's always something going on but unfortunately i can't share that with you right now we're having a little bit of shift around in the in the staff that we're getting um you know, a new admin and the editor is still staying in role of findings. But what generally happens is throughout the year, there are, there are lots of small opportunities and medium-sized opportunities to engage with the association and be involved at some level. But as I say, every five years-ish, we have a conference and then regular members' exhibitions. These are the things that keep on tapping at you to make you stop and think a little bit about applying and exposing yourself to you know a wider or a different audience that you may have you may have not been able to show how wonderful you are <laughs> so, so that's that's the good thing about the association the other thing is is getting feedback off peers and uh, a lot of people who graduate I'm going to talk about new voices now they they graduate and they go into the jewelry world and they're fishing around for comment for feedback because they've been in the courses and they've they've been supported with that feedback and they get used to it I did my master's at Royal College just recently I was used to the feedback and then Covid came and the feedback dropped and I really felt the difference between the two phases so yeah there's always something going on in the background but unfortunately i can't share it at the moment <laughs> watch this jewelry is of course much more than the sum of its parts with the very well chosen title beyond silver i'm excitedly looking forward to joining the 25th anniversary conference of the association for contemporary jewelry to discuss the medium in today's context in a time where sustainability is at the forefront of most manufacturing discussions and when material sourcing from around the world shifts in response to major political and humanitarian developments, it is important jewellers engage in discussions on the challenges the field faces, the opportunities and good practices that exist, and of course, the future of the medium. 
From the list of speakers, I believe we will cover these and many more relevant topics in the conference and I'm happy to share that the next month's podcast will involve any of you who did not have the opportunity to join online or in person. But for now, I would really like to thank Anthony, firstly for his hard work as part of the association and of course for speaking to me today. Thank you so much for all of your time and your dedication. Thank you very much for inviting me to speak. It was a pleasure. Super. Next month, I'll be inviting a range of guests, so watch this space to find out who they will be. But for now, this was Sophie Boons for the BAJ podcast episode titled Messages and Meanings with Anthony Wong. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.